Blog Talk Radio. Big Show Podcast. We are heading into the latter part of the season as the Scarlet Knights are traveling out to Indiana to take on the Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, This is a uh, short series that put together some pretty good and exciting games over the years. And uh, I think both teams are heading into this game at four and six and with must-win situations if there are uh, bowl aspirations for, for either team. Obviously, for Rutgers, it's uh, interesting, or, or, or fans are probably uh, still uh, weary about the fact that it is a possibility. But if they were to win this game, going to five and six, obviously a very tall task ahead with Michigan State. Uh, but you know, who would have thought that, uh, especially coming out of last year and the early part of the season with the loss against uh, Eastern Michigan, that there would be possibility of a bowl game. So. Uh, it is a big game. Now, we've talked about it a few times, whether when Rutgers was playing Illinois, Purdue, uh, Maryland, Indiana. These are those games where uh, they were winnable games at the part of the schedule when it comes out, but also games where both teams, uh, clearly uh, Indiana is a team that's that's now come off of two straight bowl seasons, and when they were mapping out their road to a third straight, clearly would have marked off a win versus Rutgers. So uh, it is a big game for both, for both. So uh, the Hoosiers came uh, coming off of, of a victory last week, a 24 to 14 uh, win over, over the line. Uh, a, a probably a defensive effort that I'm sure uh, they were proud of and, and, and much needed. And, and Rutgers uh, uh, went out to Penn state and, uh, you know, obviously a, a overmatched uh, game, 35 to six and just all kinds of struggles still in the offensive line of the, uh, of the ball. But uh, again, not a situation where people were expecting anything less similar to the uh, Michigan game that we had a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I don't think there's much to get out of uh, chatting about that game. So um, really excited to move forward. Uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, we've done this in the past. Who's your huddle and uh, someone who's a, a, a Hoosier football fan uh, nut, and it's great uh, because uh, I like to get the talk about, you know, what learn a little bit about the team that we're going to play. And, and when you get into uh, these games, uh, you know, really 
Um, you see some of the names that you chat about earlier in the week, uh, and you know a lot of fans and a lot of people, rightly so, focus on on uh, what's going on with the team internally and themselves. Uh, you know, it's it's a two sided game. So I like to learn about what is on the other side and and who Rutgers will be facing in their opponents. So uh, I do want to uh, welcome to the show. Uh, without further, welcome uh, back. Uh, it's been a couple. Uh, probably a year since I had you out last on and uh, thanks for coming back on. Anytime, Jerry, it's uh, great to uh, talk some IU football. Uh, we've been doing this for a couple of years now and uh, it's great to, to be back on with, with the East coast guy talking big 10 football with Rutgers and Indiana playing this weekend. Yes. And then uh, for those who don't know, you are also uh, you know, a local guy too. So you're, you're familiar uh, with Rutgers, with the New York uh, area, New Jersey. So uh, it kind of puts a, a good perspective. So first thing I want to get off right the bat is, you know, I mentioned Indiana, uh, you know, two straight bowl seasons, um, you know, six and seven years. Uh, you know, what were the expectations coming into this season? Well, the expectations were to get back to another bowl game and possibly knock off, uh, one of these top 25 teams we played at home. Uh, fans were excited. We, You know, IU has a veteran team back uh, with some young guys in some places, but they, they thought that, you know, the defense would be more improved uh, since last year. The offense would be improved as well. Uh, that just hasn't happened. Uh, they they uh, went 0-6 to start Big Ten play. I, I think they played the the most difficult start of the schedule for Big Ten play. They they opened up with Ohio State at home, and then they had to play Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State uh, before taking on um, Maryland, and uh, then they played Wisconsin and then uh, Illinois last week. So uh, Indiana took their lumps early. Uh, it, the fans thought that they – we. They thought that they could get uh, one of those early games. Uh, you know, they, they took Michigan to – Overtime, lost 27-20, had a game up at Michigan State where if they scored a touchdown instead of a field goal there late, they probably closed that game out well. Uh, they lost 17-9. They, they gave up a touchdown on the last two minutes of the game, but, you know, they let Michigan State score. That was the only way they, they were going to get the ball back. So, really, it was a one-point game uh, going into the final uh, three minutes there. So, you know, there have been a lot of close calls like there have been over the last uh, two or three years uh, with the Hoosiers, but fan expectations kind of got dampered after they couldn't uh, knock off one of these top 25 teams. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, as you mentioned, they were pretty much in all of these games. I mean, the first game of the year, Ohio State, Thursday night was an exciting game. Um, you know, I think, I guess outside of the Penn State game, uh, you know, really uh, in all these games and, and the schedule, uh, I know when Rutgers had that Wisconsin Nebraska slate a couple of years ago, it's it's unforgiving because uh, you, you know you you already have the Ohio State and Michigan and Michigan State in you and Penn State obviously in your division, uh, and then you're taking on Wisconsin uh, on the other side. So it it, it is um, a very difficult uh, slate at, at, you know <laughs> to, to handle uh, both uh, throughout the year and and uh, physically. Now uh, talk about in terms of. Um, Injuries, uh, you know, where does this team uh, stand right now at this juncture of the season? Oh, man, uh, IU, injuries are part of football. Uh, I'll start with that. You know, every team has their injuries. Uh, so I don't want to come off as, as somebody complaining. 
But, man, there have been a lot of injuries for IU this year. Uh, you know, I, at times we've missed our starting running back. Our starting quarterback uh, has been banged up. Uh, Marcelino Ball, who's one of our better safeties, uh, has been out. We've missed uh, one of our top cornerbacks. A couple linemen have missed games here and there. It's just been a, we're missing Nick Westbrook, who was IU's leading receiver last year. He got hurt on the opening kickoff on opening night. Uh, he's done for the year. There have just been so many injuries and, and significant injuries, too. Uh, not just, you know, one week, one or two week uh, Nicks here and there. Uh, there have been some, some big injuries, just more than I, than I remember in, in uh, recent history with, with IU. Now, um, you mentioned Westbrook. Uh, now, uh, you have a pretty good uh, receiving core. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Simi Cobbs has over 700 yards receiving and seven touchdowns. Uh, last week, uh, Richard Legault threw up over 48 yards, uh, 48 attempts. So, um, everyone sees these scores. I know the Maryland game a couple of weeks ago was a high-scoring one. Um, you know, talk a little bit about the offensive philosophy and, and the strengths uh, of, of the offense. Well, you know, the, the Maryland game where they put up 39 points has kind of been the outlier of the season. Uh, Indiana went, started Richard Lego to start the year. After the Penn State game, they went with Peyton Ramsey as the starter. Ramsey, he's a redshirt freshman, uh, more mobile than uh, Lego, but doesn't have as strong of an arm. So they were running quarterback runs a lot uh, with him. Uh, Coach Allen announced today that Lego will be the starter on Saturday as Peyton Ramsey continues to uh, deal, you know, heal up after getting injured against Maryland. Uh, but, you know, this offense seems to be short underneath passes right now to set up the run game and, and maybe take a few shots deep uh, to Simi Cobbs. I use also missing Donovan Hale, who was the starter opening night, and Jayshon Harris, who uh, missed the last two years uh, with ACL injuries, hurt his ACL, uh, tore his ACL again uh, against Maryland. And he was a guy who was a dynamic punt returner. They had begin, they had begin uh, using him a little bit more on the offense, uh, on deep shots. So this is – it's not the explosive uh, Kevin Wilson offenses that you've seen in the past. This is has a very distinct uh, Mike DeBoard flavor where they're going to try and use the pass to set up the run uh, and if the run's not working, they will. They're not afraid to throw it, you know, over uh, forty to fifty times. Uh, so, in terms of uh, scheme and, and setup, uh, you know, it's is what what is is it a uh, more of a power spread or a spread uh, offense where um, you know, as you said, they are going to look to run the ball, um, you know, but when you know to get themselves out of trouble, they will throw. It's definitely not a power spread. Kevin Wilson likes to keep uh, his tight end in to block uh, Mike DeBoard's offense. Their tight end is usually split out. Uh, they rarely leave a, a running back in to block. Uh, they don't play with a fullback. This is more of a traditional type of spread offense with you know three, re- three receivers, four receivers, and a back. And very rarely will you see a, a tight end in tight helping out to block. Uh, what about in terms of the mobility uh, of the go? I know uh, he watching uh, years back when, when uh, 
uh, uh, seemed like he was there forever. But uh, Xander Diamon, he was, you know, just one of those guys that could just escape and make plays with the feet. Uh, is uh, are we looking at that type of mobility here? No, uh, not with Richard Lego. Um, he's a pocket passer. He's not a total statue. He could run a little bit if he has to, uh, but he's he's not going to run the ball. Uh, desi- uh, no designed runs are going to go to him. He could move up in the pocket and use his feet a little bit, but he's he's not going to take off for for eighty yards uh, and run by many people. Now, in terms of the running game itself, obviously, uh, you know, Indiana's uh, made a name for itself over the last couple of years. Uh, with, I, I mean, I remember that game in, in Rutgers a few years ago. Tevin Coleman was just amazing, over 300 yards. And, uh, and obviously, uh, Jordan Howard uh, the year after that. So, um, who who's the key rusher um, in, in this game coming up? I know that Cole Guest had a good game last week, but... Uh, what is your main guy in terms of running the ball? Uh, they, they've been starting true freshman Morgan Ellison. He's a guy who kind of went under the radar recruiting-wise. He broke his leg, uh, broke one leg his sophomore year, broke the other his junior year, really got passed over for, for some uh, bigger programs because of that, had a good senior year. Uh, this year he's, he's IU's leading rusher. He scored four touchdowns on the ground. He's averaging under four yards a carry, which is a little bit of a concern. Speaks to the, the struggles I use had on the offensive line. But yeah, Cole Guest had a had a breakout game uh, last week after being banged up against um, Maryland and missing the the Wisconsin game. He had 82 yards, 100, and I believe it was 109 all-purpose yards. He's a guy who he's I, he's not small. He's stocky. He's short, but he's built like a He's built like a bowling ball. Um, he's fast. Got a. He has a quick burst. Could get through the line. Uh, they use him both as a, you know, handing him the ball and then out of the backfield as a passing option too. And they use Morgan Ellison more as a passing option this week as well. Uh, but those two will probably be the two most leaned on running backs. And then you'll have Devontae Williams who's their all-purpose back out of the backfield. He won't get many carries, but they'll use him uh, more in the passing game, and he's their primary kick returner as well. It definitely be an interesting matchup uh, in, in the sense of uh, uh, matching up against the, the Rutgers secondary, which uh, has been a little bit of a surprise in the sense that uh, uh, they've had some injuries, as we talked about injuries, uh, but, uh, you know, moving guys across uh, from both sides of the ball and, uh, you know, Jawan Harris, I'm not sure how much you follow, uh, uh, former wide receiver, baseball player, kind of guy jumped in and done well. So um, it's it's been a pleasant surprise, but, uh, you know, have not really been tested uh, you know, too much other than the fact that Rutgers is obviously going to have to get some pressure uh, to to – uh, you know, make these passes not so easy and, and, and get out there and make those tackles in space. Now, what has been the weakness um, for the offense? I know you mentioned that, that, you know, the Maryland was kind of like an outlier in terms of, uh, I guess, not living up to expectations in terms of lighting up the scoreboard. Uh, again, it's a lack of a running game. I used last in the Big Ten at yards per carry at 3.17. Um 
they're really one-dimensional. Even when, even if Peyton Ramsey plays, they've kind of become one-dimensional with a running quarterback in terms of, you know, you can't really throw the ball deep downfield as well. So everything's within a 15-yard uh, line from the line of scrimmage, and, and defense is really just keyed up on that and, and put everybody uh, up in the box with, with Lego. He doesn't add the, the quarterback run threat, so it becomes more one-dimensional. And if if you don't have a good running game, and Indiana right now is just just struggling to run the ball uh, with the running backs, uh, penalties at the wrong time have hurt Indiana, turnovers at the wrong time uh, have hurt, uh, just not scoring enough touchdowns. Uh, you know, they, they passed up field goal attempts, uh, or they passed up touchdown attempts to, to go for field goals uh, in the red zone. Uh, the Michigan game get, stands out. Yeah, they had five shots inside the five-yard line and couldn't punch it in in overtime. Uh, the uh, Michigan State as well, they settled for a field goal there when they uh, touched down, probably ices the game. So it, it's just execution at, at critical times uh, and just not picking up that first down, uh, short drives, things like that. Now, moving over uh, to the other side of the ball, uh, defensively, um, you know, who are some of the players uh, to look out for? And, and in particular, what is the strongest unit, whether it be linebacker, defensive uh, line, or, or the secondary? Uh, linebacker is probably the strongest unit. It's led by T. Gray Scales and Chris Covington. Uh, Scales is preseason All-American, All-American after last year. He's a tremendous player. He's had interceptions the last two games had a, a fumble recovery as well against uh, Illinois. He's, I mean, he's, he's as good as any linebacker in the Big Ten. And, and Chris Covington is the other linebacker uh, for IU. He's faster than Scales, uh, really packs a wallop. He's, he's played terrific this year. He's IU's third leading tackler, uh, has, I, th- I think, five and a half sacks, something like that, three and a half, five and a half sacks. Uh, and he's really come on. So those two guys at the linebacker spot are the strength. Guys also to look out for are Jonathan Crawford, the safety, uh, and Richard Fant, the corner. Richard Fant's probably one of the best corners in the Big Ten. Uh, he had three pass breakups last week, one interception. He probably should have had three interceptions. Uh, if you talk to him, one should have gone for a pick six. Illinois targeted him uh a few times that they did not complete a pass against him. And, you know, he, he's the guy that his stats don't jump off the page, but as any football fan will know, they'll go away from your, uh, if you're a good corner, they're not going to throw you the ball. So your stats can't really judge them by the stats, but Richard fan. And then on the defensive line, Robert McCray has played uh, very well. The last couple of games, Jacob Robinson, defense tackle, he also plays some defensive end, had um, a tremendous game last week, two and a half sacks, three and a half tackles for a loss, uh, seven total tackles. So this defensive line, while the names don't jump off the page, have been playing pretty well uh, as a unit. And then you have Nate Hoff, a, a defensive tackle, who is IU's main run stopper. Now, obviously, I'm not sure how familiar you've been with all plays this season for, you know, uh, for those of uh, your listeners who uh, will listen to this, and, and uh, you know, Rutgers started out the year, uh, you know, it was the 
ter- no, very tough loss against Eastern Michigan. I think at that point, um, you know, there was a lot of concern whether it was going to be one of those years where, uh, you know, yes, uh, you know, they, they the very first game of the season against Washington, they looked much better. You know, the debacles of last year, uh, uh, those, you know, everybody knows about the Michigan game. Um, you know, looked like that was going to be, you know, not the case. The guys are going to get out there and fight. But uh, you wanted to uh, get some Ws, too, because it's hard to talk about improving if you're going to be 2-10 uh, and 10 or, 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 you know, 3-9. Uh, so um, things kind of took the turn for a positive when, when uh, they were able to uh, get the W against Illinois as well uh, and then go on to uh, win against um, Purdue and then later in Maryland. And uh, in those games uh, – playing solid football, uh, really good uh, in terms of coming back when they were down. Uh, but uh, it's not been pretty in terms of the passing game. <laughs> you know, I think they are literally averaging um, uh, under 100 yards or around 100 yards uh, uh, last week, only like 48 yards against Penn State. So they will come down. They're going to try to grind. They, they, uh, Gio Rashino, the current quarterback, uh, his best attribute at this point is that he – has some mobility and has uh, kept the ball safe, uh, you know, no turnovers. And uh, it's, it's been the philosophy. So they're going to try to run at Indiana no matter what, because uh, they just don't pass very well. So uh, in your, I guess, terms of your, what you think in terms of the, what are the, some of the biggest matchups in terms of, uh, you know, offensive line or, 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 you know, part of running the game and what workers will need to do to uh, move the ball. I, I think they have to get the pass game going. You can't be one-dimensional no matter who you are. I mean, Gus Edwards is, has been very good this year. Uh, just watching from afar, uh, Janarian Grant is back. Uh, at least I think he's back. Uh, but he's been quiet this year. If Rutgers can be can can throw the ball a little bit, they don't have to go out and throw for 400 yards. Uh, but if you, if you can get 200 yards in the passing game, Know, 150 yards on the ground that that should set you up well for 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 a win uh, win there so so for me for Indiana is you gotta you gotta force uh, Rashinio to beat you he's a guy as you said has struggled he was seven for 20 last week uh, you, you got to make him beat you just like IU tried to make Jeff George Jr. beat them uh, last week it resulted in two interceptions a, a lost fumble eight sacks, 10 tackles for loss. Yeah, they hit some big plays. You know, Gus uh, Gus Edwards and that running game, Robert Martin has had big games against IU in the past too. Uh, that running game is, is, is semi-proven. You know, let shut them down and, and let Rashino and that passing game uh, try, try and beat you. You don't want to get beat by, by Rutgers' best attribute, which is their – uh, which to me is their is their run game. Yeah, it's um, it definitely is going to be uh, very interesting. That and I know um, this is probably something I'm going to try to get on towards the end of the week and have another podcast and talk a little bit about uh, the quarterback. And because similar to you know IU, Rutgers has a, a freshman quarterback uh, in the wings, uh, more of a for now is just a run first guy. Um, no one's really sure if he's hurt or just not playing. Obviously, when a team is winning, uh, and, and you know, I, I think uh, it's a situation where this is a – if, if you look at this as an opportunity to win, you're not playing 
for the future right yet because uh, you know five and six and it's, it's you're still at the possibility of a bowl game. So uh, I think that you'll see Rashino. I think you'll see him the whole game. It'll be interesting to see uh, if they can find other ways to get the receivers involved. But to tell you what, it's very tough uh, when you're stacking the line. Um, a lot of people talk about quick slants and screens, but uh, you know when 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 the guys are right on you, uh, it's pretty easy to snuff out when a screen is coming. So uh, it's it's going to be tough going. But like you said, I think they'll have to run and then get some play action. Uh, one thing that Rutgers is really improved much of last year is, is, is the, the punt and, and special teams in general. Uh, Ryan Anderson, a fifth-year senior, it's just been it's been you know amazing with his punting, and, and it just makes a big difference between how you can turn over a field. Now, Indiana itself has some good uh, under-kicking game. I know uh, Griffin, uh, is it Oaks? Or, uh, uh, he's Oaks. one of the better kick. Yes, Oaks. He's one of the better kickers in the league. Um, special teams, what, you know, we talked about, you mentioned Grant. I think at this point, Rutgers is probably, uh, it's, it's a shame. I don't think he, he's going to get back to where he was, but it's, you know, he may come in and play a little bit more of this decoy role, but he just doesn't have that burst or that, that ability that was there uh, a couple of years ago, or even last year. So, uh, you know, we'll, whatever you get out of him will be a, Plus, but uh, talk a little bit about Indiana's um, special teams and, and who are the guys uh, to watch. Oh, yeah, well, one of the guys to watch was Jay Sean Harris. Uh, unfortunately for IU, he's out for the year. He'd return two kicks for touchdowns with punt returner or special teams player of the week in the Big Ten twice. Um, but uh, they now have Luke Timian back there. He's a solid punt returner in terms of he catches the ball, can get you a couple yards. Uh, returning-wise, uh, you know, he's just a reliable guy back there. Uh, on kick return, Devontae Williams really hasn't done much. He, they, I don't think I used had a kick return out past the, the 35 this year, so uh, I wouldn't expect much at the IU kick return game. Um, Griffin Oaks has been fantastic. He's really struggled last year. You saw him against Rutgers. I think he missed two extra points, a field goal, had another one blocked. It was just an awful, awful performance from him against Rutgers last year. But he's back to where he was in 2015 when he won Big Ten Kicker of the Year. Uh, The only field goal he's missed this year was against Michigan, and that one was blocked. Um, He had an extra point blocked against Maryland, but he's back to to being a reliable uh, kicker. He's pretty good at onside kicks as well. Uh, the, The one they had this year was executed perfectly. They just ruled it out of bounds. Uh, which it wasn't, but that's another story for another day. Uh, and, and he's been pretty solid on kickoffs, uh, putting the ball back uh, in the end zone for touchbacks. Punting, I, IU has upgraded their punter. Uh, they brought in Hayden Whitehead from Australia, from the Pro Kick Australia program, which has had, I, I think, several of the last uh, few Ray Guy Award winners for uh, best punter. He put five punts inside the 20-yard line last week. Could have had six or seven uh, if if guys got down there fast enough, or if the the ball didn't cross the line by a micro fraction, uh, things like that. And he's been tremendous. Uh, he gets the ball off quickly. His one snafu was against 
uh, Maryland when they had the kick block, the return for touchdown, things like that. And he has kind of been a hit, or, hit and miss on, on special teams. They, they were awful against Penn State and Maryland, but the rest of the season they've been very, very good uh, to borderline great. And so if Indiana can play the way that – Tom Allen expects him to play on special teams and that they showed outside of those two games. Uh, that's an area where, where Indiana can take advantage of this matchup. And that that's what teams like Indiana and Rutgers have to do. They have to have good special teams units to bring themselves back to the pack with, with the rest of these uh, big 10 East teams. It is, it is like I said, make huge difference uh, kickoff uh... Uh, you know, getting the ball into the end zone, getting some touchbacks makes makes a big difference. Um, one of the last things I guess I want to chat with you a little bit about is is, is coaching. Uh, you know, as I said, um, uh, I think right now Rutgers fans are probably in a better place than they were a couple of months ago. You just you know you're not sure. Uh, you know, with getting the wins, you you know you could see that there definitely is a a philosophy of, of uh, uh, you know kind of whenever you bring a new coach in and you have to weed out some of the negativity or, or some of the issues within the program. Um, so that seems to be the case. And now uh, it's, you know, more on the issue that everybody is aware of, which is, you know, recruiting and getting uh, the talent back to, 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 you know, where it was a few years ago. Um, you, you know, just, uh, you know, I could look around and say, there's just very few guys that you look at it and say, this is not NFL quality players. And, uh, you know, they were producing those uh, a few years ago. So, you know, I do, uh, you know, for, for a lot of listeners, I'm not sure how much I follow, but, in, uh, you know, good program in the mid-90s. Um, had a really big drought, you know, in terms of bowl games from, um, I think it was uh, one bowl game up to the, the previous two, you know, since like 93, right? So, uh, yeah, you, you had Willis in there, brings them two straight bowl games, and, um, what was the, I guess, what, what led to his departure or philosophical differences that, that took place? That's a, that's a big mystery. Um, there were – the talk around town is that the, there's player mistreatments, uh, things – he was rushing guys, trying to rush guys back from injury. You know, the players felt isolated from the team when they were injured or out for the year. Uh, he said some negative things. Uh, whether or not uh, this is all true, some players came out and talked and defended him. Uh, some guys came out, and, and these are all guys who, who either didn't play, got kicked off the team, uh, just for one reason or another fell out of favor. And, you know, he had his guys. If his guys were going to play, and I think this goes for any coach, especially in college, you know, if if you're out for the season, you kind of, you know, take a back seat to the rest of the team's uh, team's needs until you can come back and contribute, especially in, in this environment of the win now or, or you're gone. So, but I, you know, I think it, whatever happened, happened. Uh, he was gone. He, he was a, a jerk to a lot of people uh, in the department and just, you know, as Fred Glass, I use that flag director said, there were philosophical differences. And I, you know, to me, it just didn't seem he fit the culture that Fred Glass was, was looking for anymore, and this might have been their their way out. He left a lot of money on the table, but from him being hired at, at Ohio State as the offensive coordinator a couple months after this, just doesn't scream that it was as serious as, as everybody thought it was. 
uh, and things like that. But they, they bring in Tom Allen, who's the defensive coordinator in 2016, who turned around a, a defense that was just awful. Um, I like him. I, I think he's he's got the spirit of Indiana in him. He's an Indiana guy, coached high school ball at Ben Davis in Indiana, uh, has been a defensive coordinator at several uh, at South Florida before this. Was worked at, at Ole Miss, so he's been around some some programs with some who who's won a little bit. Uh, the, the only thing that rubs me the wrong way is that they never really did a a true coaching search. So that that rubs fans the wrong way too. And then get just getting off to a three and six start. Uh, his, his mantra was breakthrough this year. And, you know, when you're three and six, people get tired of things pretty quickly. And even though Indiana has had the history that they've had, you know, one bowl game uh, since 93 before uh, 2015, they've been to 11 bowl games total. I think they have the most losses in FBS history. Um, you know, they just don't have the history to back it up. And and to me, uh some people think it, this is a continuation of Wilson's team. It, it's not. It it really set, it didn't set them back to to year zero, but it, it did set them back a little bit, uh, probably to a couple years. So getting to six wins would really be impressive for this team this year. Yeah, and not to underscore as I mentioned, it's it's a really a big game uh, for IU because um, you know obviously this is a winnable game. This is at home. Uh, and you're you're then five and six and, and Purdue again uh, on the road, but you know a, a in-state you know, rival that, that definitely you it's a winnable game. So so going closing out the season and and this is the one thing about college football it's, it turns quickly and you know you have that whole month between the bowl game and uh, you know people relax and you know just a totally positive spin versus you know going five and seven and missing the bowl game, uh, you know, so uh, a big opportunity for, for Indiana this weekend. So I think uh, what is the feeling in terms of, of fans getting out to the game? Uh, obviously, you know, Rutgers is not, you know, Maryland and Michigan. And so um, <laughs> I, I, I admittedly will, will like the fact that it's a noon game uh, that, or I, I don't even, it's, I, if it's noon, it's 11 over there. Right. So, uh, that makes it even, even no. We're tougher, we're so. we're still on Eastern You're time out okay. here. Yep. Um, I don't. Thanksgiving breaks coming up. Uh, I, I think IU students are off next week. I, I know a, a couple of students are going home on Friday. Uh, at least the ones who who work for me. Um, so I don't know the the traffic down uh, from from Indianapolis to Bloomington is horrendous. The, they're still working on the highway there. Um, I don't think it'll be a big crowd. I'll be shocked if there are over 25,000 people there. Uh, the official attendance will say 40 uh, or whatever, but I, I just don't think that it'll be a huge crowd there. It, it's going to be cold. It's going to be your typical Midwest win, you know, fall, winter, just gray and, and cold uh, weather. But – uh, you know, and Rutgers, you know, no disrespect to Rutgers, they don't show up for a lot of teams either. But th- these are the games that, you know, you have to win at home. You have to win, and it goes for Rutgers as well when they play matchup opponents at home like Maryland and Indiana, especially playing in the East. you got to win these home games against these teams. Uh, and, you know, Rutgers, I, for whatever reason, ESPN has them as, as an 11-point underdog. Um, I, I don't get that. 
I, I think this game is going to be much closer than that, but I, I don't see a, a big crowd coming out for this one. Well, I'll tell you this, and I say this from being at the the Maryland game the other day, uh, a couple of weeks ago at Rutgers. Um, you know, I, I was you know definitely disappointed in the size of the crowd. Now, the game originally was scheduled to be at Yankee Stadium, but you know, possibly people just had plans, and and you know, it's, it's always tough at this time of the year. Um, but uh, it was one of those games where it was probably one of the more enjoyable games because for those that were there, were were really just so into it and very intense. So um, sometimes the size of the crowd, uh, you know, if you get if you get the right group of people and you get the right uh, feeling going, so uh, you know, it 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 matters in terms of the energy. So I think it's a you know a must game for both teams. So uh, it'd probably be. Uh, you know, historically they've put together good games, so we might just uh, see another one. Yeah, you, you know, you go back outside of that that first one, twenty uh, twenty fourteen, where you know Tevin Coleman ran Wilders close until late in the game. We had the the fifty two fifty five fifty two uh, game at Bloomington, which IU fans don't want to talk about. And then last year, uh, the it was thirty three twenty seven. IU had a big comeback. So yeah, two entertaining games. Um, the last couple of years, it, it just shows you how how even these these teams are. And then you know you just either program you got to hope to win these games at home and and win these games every other year. Definitely. Well, listen, I appreciate having you um, back on the show. Uh, we'll definitely uh, look forward to doing it again, and uh, maybe one day I'll catch up to. Uh, you know, bowl season have something to talk about. Uh, you know, as far as previewing some games or just the Big Ten in general. Yeah, anytime, Jerry. Thanks. Uh, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, and let me uh, my listeners know where they can find you if they want to check out any uh, IU material heading into the game. Yeah, you can find us at HoosierHuddle dot com. We'll have uh, we usually have a matchup to watch every week. Um, and know your opponent um, section on, on things we want to watch against Rutgers, a uh, game primer, uh, just all this information on the game, uh, inside the numbers as well. So if you need to, to catch up on your homework on IU, head to HoosierHuddle.com. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Uh, so uh, thanks, and uh, hopefully we, we get a good game on Saturday. All right, thanks again. We'll talk again. Everybody, thanks for another edition of the Our Big Show. This is RU Fan Jerry. Um, as I said, this year, doing a little different format, picking and choosing when we can get on. Uh, I had a great opportunity to get this interview. Uh, like I said, uh, there's a lot more coverage out there on Rutgers football, which is a good thing. Uh, you got podcasts. There's, there's Rivals doing a podcast now. Um, uh, uh, Scout is doing a podcast. Of course, NJ.com. Um, so uh, it's good. So I still, you know, want to do uh, little things different. And I think uh, the opportunity to look at the other team, um, talk about some of the things that are not being talked about uh, from the fan perspective. So uh, I will hope to get on um, again at the end of the week and maybe a little bit of chatting on uh, some of the topics that, that people want to uh, talk about, particularly with the offense. Um, but, you know, like I said, no, no mistake about it is when, potential opportunity for, for both of these programs to, to um, get a win. And, you know, I think uh, obviously Indiana is more realistic in the in, in their chance of, of getting the bowl game uh, with a victory against Rutgers and, and Purdue where Rutgers would still have to beat Michigan state, but 
the the being able to host a game it's been scheduled now for 4 p.m. so other than being cold it will be a night and uh, you know if you can get people out there on that weekend uh, you know sometimes uh, as you know it can be a difficult place to play so uh, an opportunity this weekend but we'll talk again later in the week uh, this is are you fan Jerry and thanks uh, for listening